If you need a miracle, would you lift up your hands and magnify the Lord on this Sunday afternoon? Hallelujah. If you've got needs in your life, would you just begin to worship Jesus? Hallelujah, Lord. Anything is possible. God, we believe. We believe. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. That's it. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise in Jesus' wonderful name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. It's good to be back in the house of the Lord here on this Sunday afternoon. I trust and hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving and time with your family. And uh, glad to see everybody back in the house of the Lord, just ready to worship God together and get into his word. If you have your Bibles, a book of Luke chapter 16 and verse number 16. Amen. Luke chapter 16 verse number 16. Where the Lord declares this, the law and the prophets were until John. And since that time, the kingdom of God is preached, and every man presseth into it. Everybody presses into it. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject, whatever it takes Whatever it takes. Would you set down your Bibles and lift up your hands as we pray together? Come on, would you pray that with me? God, whatever it takes. Hallelujah, Lord. Whatever it takes in my life. Whatever it takes in my family. Whatever it takes. Hallelujah. I want to see the work of God come to pass in my life. Oh, come on. Would somebody pray in this house in the name of Jesus? God, we worship you. We thank you today. We thank you for your word. I pray, God, help me to articulate your word as I have received it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated for a few moments here today. Amen. Whatever it takes. In our text, Jesus is doing what he is often doing throughout the scriptures. He is speaking to the Pharisees. And uh, he's trying during this time. He's got two groups there. He's got the group of the Pharisees, and then he's got those that actually came to hear what he had to say. And uh, there's always multiple groups that, that come to Jesus. But the Pharisees were constantly looking for reasons to fight against what Jesus was teaching. Because the Pharisees really represent human religiosity. And, and let me just give the Pharisees a little grace here today uh, because they are the tagline of most sermons and people preach about it and just call people a Pharisee. You know, there were some good qualities about the Pharisees. The Pharisees were those that uh, in the midst of a spiritual decline, 
they had maintained a level of, of, of some form of let's push for spirituality. Now, they were doing it in their own terms. They were not doing it in the biblical terms, but they were still trying to hold the bar up higher. And so for that, it was good. But there is, there is a little bit of Pharisee in all of us. And I, I wanted to find that out here today because it's not what you've probably heard when somebody says that. Jesus told his disciples to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. What was the leaven of the Pharisees? The, the leaven of the Pharisees ultimately was this. They would teach loopholes. Amen. They would teach excuses. And they would teach passivity. Brother, if I could get it down in the monitors just a little bit, it's starting to give me a little bit of a ring in my ear. Amen. Uh, but they would, they would teach these ways of, 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 of the scriptures. And in areas where they liked it, they would teach it as hard as they could. But in areas where they felt convicted, they would make excuses and loopholes. I know I'm not the only one that has done that or felt like doing that because that is what Jesus told his disciples to be aware of. But ultimately, they did not like Jesus because when Jesus showed up, he was undoing all of their excuses and all of their loopholes. He was just taking everything that they had propagated and pushed forward, and he was removing it. Jesus said it this way. You have heard it said, and what is he really doing? He's saying this is what the Pharisees have told you is acceptable, and, uh, and I'm going to get rid of the loophole. He said it, for example, you've heard it said, and it has been written, thou shalt not commit adultery. And that was the line that the Pharisees held to it, to their credit. They were at least holding to a line, unlike the rest of the world that was not holding to any kind of line. But they held to this line, but their line was, as long as you don't do it, then you're okay. And Jesus said, I just want you to know that in my kingdom, it's no longer that way. He said, in my kingdom, if you even look with the intention, he said, you've already committed the act. Uh, he said, you've heard it that you can't kill, so don't do the act. That's the line they drew. But I say unto you that you can't even, you can't even look at your brother and curse your brother and be angry with your brother. And John put it this way, if you hate your brother, that you are a murderer. So what's he saying? That my law has gone to a greater level. That grace is a greater level. And Jesus draws this line in the sand every time he preaches, but especially in this moment when he says that his kingdom is making a shift and making a change. And that change has started all the way since John the Baptist showed up on the scene. John the Baptist, he was a thorn in the flesh to the Pharisees because he was a sign that the season that they'd been in was coming to an end. That there was a shifting in the way that they had lived for God. John the Baptist, uh, he was between two eras. He was between the age of the law and the prophets, and he was in between that and the kingdom age. He was the forerunner of Jesus Christ. Uh, he straddled these two ages proclaiming that a new kingdom was coming, that a new way of living was coming. And he said uh, that the kingdom of God is near. And his message was very clear. If you want to enter this kingdom, he said, you've got to repent. Everybody said repent. 
What's he saying? He was telling them, you can't live the way that you've always lived. You can't live by these loopholes and by these excuses. There's going to have to be some action on your part. Uh, The kingdom you've been a part of uh, that just let you do whatever you wanted to do. He said, there's a new kingdom that's coming. You've got to repent and you've got to believe in the gospel. He said, you've got to repent because there's one coming after me, the Lamb of God, uh, which is Jesus Christ, uh, that takes away the sins of the world from the very end of of the old testament really john is the last of the old testament prophets he is the very last old testament uh, uh, prophet in the bible and jesus said of him there was not one greater in the kingdom and no one greater than john the baptist but whoever is least in this kingdom is greater than john the baptist It was as if he was Moses. He could see the promised land, but he could not enter it himself. He could proclaim it, but he himself, while he was alive, did not get to see the fulfillment of it. But Jesus began to preach and to teach. And in that preaching and teaching, he was opening up the door wide for this new kingdom that those of us, not those like the Pharisees uh, that didn't really want it, but those that came to hear Jesus, those that came to receive what he had to say. Every time he got up to preach, they weren't looking for a way to make an excuse. Uh, they were looking at it from a new lens. They were looking at it, amen, as a new line in the kingdom. Uh, they were looking for the miracles. They were looking for the signs. Uh, they were looking for the wonders. Uh, they were not looking for a way to get out of it. They were looking for a way to put into it. They were not looking for an excuse to get away from the kingdom. They were looking for every way that they could get into the kingdom. And I've just come to preach to people like that here today. Amen. That are not looking for ways to step back and step out and look for an excuse or a loophole. But there's people in this building that when you hear the gospel, you're looking for a way to get into it. That when you hear preaching, you're looking for an excuse to get involved. Oh, somebody give him praise. Jesus was saying to the Pharisees, uh, amen, that the way of the Old Testament all the way until John, that way of thinking and that way of living is now expired. That old way of thinking has now come to an end. And now that the real gospel is preached, the eyes of the people are opened. Those that the only option they had, amen, to feel close to God was to go the way of the Pharisees. Now they are no longer going to be content with the religious indifference that the Pharisees manufactured. They were now a people that were rising up because there was something in the word that Jesus spoke. There was something about God manifested in the flesh that pulled on the publicans and pulled on the sinners. Amen. The Pharisees only wanted the religious, but there was something about the ministry of Jesus that pulled on people like me and pulled on some people like you that said, I I don't know what it is about his ministry, but I've got to be a part of it. They became discontent with being passive. They became discontent with being on the outside of the kingdom looking in they became discontent with the bar stool they became discontent with the drugs they became discontent and when Jesus preached he was preaching an open door 
I thank the Lord uh, for a day that I walked into an apostolic church uh, that was preaching an open door, uh, an open door for people that come from the background I come from. And I thank God for the open door for people like you. I thank God he didn't leave us out. But if you thank God for that, why don't you give him some praise? When he said, he, and this is why they had a problem with Jesus, because they were, he was upsetting their apple cart. Now all of a sudden, the people were flocking away from the Pharisees and they were flocking to Jesus. Amen. I want to tell you what's going to happen in the last days. Amen. We're in those last days. People are flocking from religiosity and they're looking for an experience with God. They don't listen. Listen, they're not looking for another, they're not looking for another fog machine. They're not looking for another uh, another concert. I want to tell you what they're looking for. Amen. They're looking for an opportunity to come into contact uh, with the living God. Uh, they're not looking to have to go through another person as a mediator. There's people that are looking, amen, for an experience. Uh, amen. I want to tell you what they're really looking for. They're looking for the Holy Ghost, uh, where you don't have to go through some other medium, but it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, you can have that here today. You don't have you don't have to settle for less. And Jesus said these people and the Pharisees didn't like him. He said, I just want you to know from John the Baptist until now, from the moment I showed up on the scene, I want you to know what you're really dealing with. And, and it's such a if you read the context, it's such a zinger for what he's doing to the Pharisees. He's letting them know that the kingdom of God is now available. This is what he's really saying. The kingdom of God is now available not to those with a pedigree or should I say not just to those with a pedigree and not just those with a good bank account and not just those that have done everything according to the way the Pharisees like it. He said the kingdom of God is now open to anybody and everybody that's willing that's willing to press into the kingdom. I've just come to preach to somebody. The Greek word for press means to inflict violence on. It means to dominate. It means to constrain. It means to gain an objective by force, by any means necessary to do whatever it takes to go after something with enthusiasm to seek fervently to try the hardest that you can until you fulfill your purpose and Jesus was telling them this is no longer the day of passivity this is no longer the day for looking for loopholes he said but the kingdom is going to be taken over by people that will do whatever it takes to get in the kingdom the old kingdom was dominated by those that had everything perfect and had everything right and could check off all the Pharisees' markers. He said, but I want you to know about the line I've drawn in the sand, the kingdom that's approaching now. He said, the kingdom that's approaching now is for people that are done and sick and tired of being passive about God and being passive about their walk with God. He said, the kingdom is now open to those that are willing to press their way and push their way they're not looking to be polite to get in they're not they're not looking to be cute to get in they're saying you know what I'll do whatever it takes to get into this kingdom if you feel like that would you give the Lord some praise here today 
Come on, is there anybody that's willing to do whatever it takes to get into the kingdom of God? I'm, I don't want to just do the bare minimums. I want to do whatever it takes. In Jesus' day, there were hundreds of revolutionaries that were willing to use violence to bring the kingdom of God to pass because they thought it was going to be a physical kingdom. In fact, the Pharisees would have been totally cool with Jesus strapping a sword on his hip and going in and doing physical violence. But, but I want you to put, I want to make this clear. We do not imitate their violence, but we do imitate their dedication. We don't go out and strap a gun to our hip and do uh, some, some religious war. We don't do that. Uh, but we do imitate their willingness to sacrifice. Uh, we do imitate their passion to see Jesus reign as king over all the kings. Uh, we do make war in the spirit, not in the flesh. Uh, I want to tell you, if we're not careful, we will let the leaven of the Pharisees get a hold of us. Uh, and we will let all things just go and let everything come to pass and say, well, it is what it is. Uh, but there's something about people that get into this kingdom. Amen. You don't get into this kingdom by being passive. You don't get into this kingdom by just accepting it is what it is. and This is my lot in life. Jesus said no, the kingdom of God is going to be inhabited by people that press in by any means necessary. Jesus is saying uh, that these people that get in the kingdom must actively, aggressively, and forcibly seek entrance uh, into the kingdom. I want to tell you, living for God is not passive. In fact, if you are going to, if you're going to be religious, it's passive. You just declare, well, I am a Pentecostal. And that's all it is. I am. And you just, you write it on your tag. That's what you are. But to be a Pentecostal is a little different. Because it's, 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 brother and sister, it's an experience. Amen. When we say we're an apostolic church, I want to tell you, we are apostolic in the doctrine. The Bible says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Where did the apostles get that doctrine? It was Jesus that taught them their doctrine. And so we are apostolic in doctrine. We are Pentecostal in experience. But, brother, we are not apostolic Pentecostal by being passive. I want to tell you what it is. We are a movement, not a monument. We are an organism, not an organization. We are... We are a people that push. We are a people that press. If you want to be religious, I want to tell you, when you come to an apostolic church, you don't find that there. You find that somewhere else. But when you come into the kingdom, you come into a kingdom that's saying, whatever it takes, I want everything God has for me. Whatever it takes, I want everything God has for my family. I want everything God has for my marriage. I oh, somebody ought to give him praise. Everyone, everybody shout everyone. everyone. Well, I just gonna get in there because you know my my parents were Pentecostal. No, that's not gonna get you in there. You're gonna have to learn to push. You're gonna have to learn to press. Well, I'm gonna get into it because I got a 401k. For all of us, we thought that was 401,000. I'm gonna get in there. No, no. I'm gonna get in there because. I'm already a good person, and there's no activity on my part. Now, now I want you to understand what, I, what I'm not saying. I want to tell you where salvation comes from. Salvation comes from Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. I don't want it to ever make, make it sound like I'm saying you are saved by what you do in works in the sense that you are, you are saving yourself. But there is an element to the gospel. Faith without works is dead. And, there is act, and you, can't ha- you can't really have faith if there's not action behind it. And so... 
Who does the saving? Jesus. But I tell you, the Bible says, uh, Peter speaking, the, the like figure whereunto baptism doth also save us. Uh, I want to tell you, Jesus chose uh, that through the obedience to his word and through the obedience of scriptures uh, that baptism would be the mode in which he saves us. Uh, but it was Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection that did the saving. But there had to be some action on the part of mankind. And he said, everyone that gets in this kingdom is forcing their way into it. And, and you got to understand, this really irked the, the Pharisees. Because they were like, oh, what tribe are you in? Oh, yeah. In fact, P Paul talked about it later. He said, if anybody has reason to vote, I more than all. He said, I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. He said, I was circumcised the eighth day. He said, I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He said, if anybody had a reason to boast in their religiosity, he said, I did. He said, but when I came in contact with this kingdom, he said, I count all those things as done. He said, I, I sacrifice all those things. I lay all those things on the Because his pedigree was not enough to get him in the kingdom, he understood, I'm going to have to push into this kingdom. And everyone that gets in this kingdom is going to have to push for it. And everybody that gets in this kingdom is going to have to force their way into it. And every which means if you are passive, you may never get into the kingdom. And if you just think, I'm going to make it in by, because of who I am, you're not going to make it in. But if you make it up in your mind, I'm getting into that kingdom by any means necessary. I'm getting into that kingdom, and I don't care whatever it takes. I'm going to get into that I don't care what it takes. My family's going to be saved. I don't care what it takes. My marriage is going to make it. I there's got to be something in the attitude of kingdom people that says whatever it takes. Oh, somebody give him praise. There was a shift from passivity to this aggressive, forcible way of seeking entrance into the kingdom. I want to tell you, you know how we get in the kingdom? We, were, we, are, all, we are all sinners. The Bible says we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. I want to tell you how we get in the kingdom. Amen. He opens the door, but at the same time, we feel like we're breaking and entering. He opened the door for us. He made a way, but you got to come in the door. Hallelujah. Everyone that gets in the kingdom is going to have to force their way. They're going to have to push through the door, seeking to enter while, 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 while making every possible effort. Amen. No matter what it takes, I'm going to get into the kingdom. There was a shift that Jesus said happened in the mindset of the Pharisees and the rest of the people that were hungry for God. The Pharisees had a mindset, and religiosity has a mindset. What is it going to take? In other words, how much is it going to take? And there was a shifting, Jesus said, in the mindset of kingdom people. He said, kingdom people don't have the mindset, how much is this going to take? Hallelujah. I'm going to preach to somebody for a moment. What's the least I can do and get away with it? Where's the loophole? Where's the excuse? Where's the way out? And I'm just going to let you know. Jesus is letting them know the kingdom is not made up of people like that. The kingdom is made up with people that have a mindset. Whatever it takes, whatever God asks of me, whatever God says, whatever God wants me to do. What I want to preach to some people, if you're going to get in this kingdom, you've got to have the right mindset. The mindset that says it doesn't matter. If I like it, I'm going to do what God said. It doesn't always matter if I feel like it. I'm going to do what God said. The gospel requires 
action. It requires a response. See, you can leave some folk on red, but you can't leave God on red. His gospel requires a response. Well, you know what? I heard the gospel. It's not enough to hear the gospel. You must respond to the gospel. Amen. I'm going to preach to somebody for a little bit. You know what, what responding to the gospel looks like? Pressing in. Pushing in by any means necessary. Those that hear the gospel will press into it with a holy violence. Amen. Another verse. In fact, that same word press, amen, is, is where we get in Matthew the account. There are only two times that, that word shows up. And the other one is the Bible says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by Force, that force is where we get the word press and we get the word push. Amen. I want to tell you how the kingdom of God works. Amen. You cannot be passive about the kingdom. You're going to have to force your way in. You're going to have to push your way in. There's going to have to be a holy violence. You're going to have to declare a holy war on some things and make it up in your mind. How did Jesus put it? He said, if your eye offends you, pluck it out. Amen. What is he saying? He's using that metaphor to tell you the amount of force it might take for some people to get into the kingdom of God. If your eye can't stop looking at some things, you're going to have the level of force that says it's got to go. Can I preach to the modern generation about the force that's necessary? If you can't be saved with an iPhone, throw it out. If you can't be saved with the internet, you ought to get rid of it. If you can't have... I know that's simple. I know that's simple. But the amount of force that's necessary is whatever it takes. If, I got, if my hand offend me, my hand's got to go. Because i got to be saved at any cost. i got to be in the kingdom at any cost. Those that get to heaven have to take... It takes pain you got to strive against the stream. Well, you know, and let me just say this. This is, this is where you could tell the biblical literacy of our world. I'm saved. Why? I'm a good person. No, 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 no. That, that is being saved by works. Let me just tell you, what I'm preaching right here is gospel message. That ain't saved by works because we know who really saved us. It's Jesus. He's the one that opened the door. Our job is just to walk in the door. But saved by works and the Pharisee religion and that idea, again, people want to call church folk Pharisees. No, I want to tell you who's the biggest Pharisees is the people in the world. Because what they're saying is, I'm good enough the way I am. I've done it all by myself. I didn't even need God's help. In fact, I made it to heaven and didn't even have a ladder. It's their way of saying, I built a tower. It's Babel all over again. That's saved by works. Amen. They, but I want to tell you what you're going to have to do if you want to get in this kingdom. You're going to have to push against the stream. You're going to have to push against, amen, some mindsets. Sometimes you're going to have to push against some family religion and tradition. Oh, I come to preach to somebody. Well, great-grandma always said this, and grandma said that. And I want to tell you, you're going to have to push against that. Because if you're going to enter this kingdom, that stuff ain't going to save you. And I love grandma, but grandma didn't die for me. And I... Jesus is the one that paid the price for your salvation, but he let it be very clear. You're going to have to press into this kingdom. Hallelujah. 
Can I preach what Jesus preached? He's talking to Nicodemus, who was a ruler of the Jews. He was a Pharisee's, a Pharisee of the Pharisee. He was a ruler of the Pharisees. And he came to him at night, not want anybody to see him. And when Jesus began to speak to him, he said to him, except a man is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot see or enter the kingdom of God. Well, Jesus, I want to be saved. Guess what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to press into this kingdom. I love the metaphor Jesus uses. He calls it the new birth. Hallelujah. Can I, you know, I can't think of anything that is a better metaphor for pressing. Oh, the mother's in the building. Amen. You know firsthand how violent birth is, how radical birth is. There's nothing more radical. There's nothing more violent than the act of giving birth. Amen. There's not in the, in the human world. Amen. It is a violent act. It is a forceful act. It is a pushing and it is a pressing. And what Jesus is saying, and he tells him, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. He's saying everybody's going to have to go through this pressing and everybody's going have to go through this travail and everybody's going to have to go through this forceful event I want to tell you we put you under the water that is not a just a an act of religiosity I want to tell you that's a new birth we are birthing you when we put you under the water that is the most violent act we can do in the church because what we're doing the Bible says if any man is in Christ how you get in Christ we were buried with him through baptism I want to tell you the Bible says if any man be in Christ all things are passed away can I put it into new new English all things die all things are dead what's he saying it's a violent act the old man doesn't just go away the old man passes away when you get in the kingdom, uh, when you get baptized, uh, the old you uh, is violently buried under the water. And when we pull you up out of that water, uh, the Bible says he makes all things new. Somebody ought to give him praise. When you get baptized, you're pressing into the kingdom. When you get baptized, you're being birthed into the kingdom. Can I preach to somebody? They tell, they tell some folk, amen, that all you got to do to be saved is shake the preacher's hand. No, brother, you, you, can't, you can't shake enough preacher's hands to get in this kingdom. You know, do you donate enough money, you get in this kingdom. No, 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 no. You don't donate money to get in this kingdom. I want to tell you the only way you get in this kingdom, you got to be born into it. But I got good news for everybody like me. Was born on the wrong side of the tracks, born in the wrong family. Jesus said, you can be born again. Can I preach to all the Pharisees like Nicodemus that have done everything right, but it still ain't saving you? They've been, been religious all your life, but it still hadn't saved you. It still hadn't changed us. You're going to have to press into the kingdom because you're going to have to be born in this. And he tells Nicodemus, marvel not, I say unto you that you must. He's saying everybody that gets in this kingdom, they're going to have to go through the birth canal of baptism. Everybody's going to have to go through that pressing. Everybody that goes through that kingdom is going to have to go through the pushing. Everybody... Whatever it takes, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Amen. Is that really necessary? Whatever it takes. Amen. I'm not asking if it's necessary. I know it's necessary. Oh, somebody don't lift up your hands. I'm just about done preaching. Come on, let's magnify the Lord. Come on. 
That's why the devil's fighting some folks so bad. He doesn't want you getting this kingdom. He doesn't want you getting baptized. He doesn't want you getting filled with the Holy Ghost. That's why he fights you every time you try to go to church because he doesn't want you getting educated. He doesn't want you getting revelation. He doesn't want you to live for God. He doesn't. Come on, somebody, let's pray. I want to tell you, that's why the devil fights people. He's, he knows that when somebody gets that, that they finally start getting that, 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 that attitude that really births people into the kingdom. It says, whatever it takes, the devil's going to put that to the test. <laughs> You're on your way to church, you get a flat tire. Well, I've just got a lot going on today. And the devil goes, all right, cool. I got them back into passivity. Amen. They're not going to press today. Amen. But there's something about that person that says, you know what? I know how to change the tire real quick. I'll be there. <laughs> Amen. Every time you go to pray and all of a sudden you, you, you think, man, I, I don't really feel like praying today. And the devil goes, okay, got him. But there's something about that person that says, I'm pressing into prayer. Whether I feel it or not, there's that person that says, you know, today's been a, a tough day. It's been a rough week. It's been a rough year. been a rough decade for some folk. I, I don't really feel like coming and lifting up my hands and magnify the Lord. And the devil says, cool, I got them just right where I want them. Huh? Amen. Just in that in-between, just in that attitude that says, uh, as long as I look or feel religious and I assuage my own guilt by, amen, doing X, Y, or Z. Amen. But there's something about that person that says, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continue. i tell you what that kind of person is. That's a person that's learned how to press into the kingdom. They're not looking to be pushed into the kingdom. They're pressing into the They're not looking to be pulled into the kingdom. They're pressing into the kingdom. Somebody ought to give him praise. Listen, there's so many blessings in the kingdom that if we ever get a revelation of what's in the kingdom, amen. We would push our way into it every time. If you ever get a revelation of what there is inside of prayer, you will push into prayer. When you, if you ever get a revelation of what happens when you open up the Word of God and begin to press into it and read into it, I want to tell you the blessings that will flow into your life just by saying, I'm going to read it even though I don't feel like it, even though I've got a lot of things going on today, even though there's so many other things uh, that are trying to take my attention. Amen. If you ever get uh, on the other side of the press, I want to tell you there's blessings uh, on the other side of the pressing. There. Because there's peace that will come into your home when you pray in your home. And the devil wants to fight you. Amen. But you got to push through every hell-bound devil. And you got to say, I'm going to pray anyways. Amen. There's blessings that follow when you read the word. And you may not feel like it. And the devil wants to tell you there's laundry to be done. And the dishes need to be washed. But brothers and sisters, open up that book and begin to read. Because it is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Can I preach to somebody? David said, I hid your word in my heart that I might not sin again. Against you, there's something about pressing uh, past your flesh uh, and pressing past the carnality and saying, I'm gonna read uh, and I'm gonna make this part of who I am. Uh, that when the devil shows up, uh, you can tell him it is written, and the devil don't want you pressing into the word because if you're pressing the word, you get ammunition against the devil, and he doesn't want you pressing into the church because if you press into the church, you're surrounded by other brothers and sisters uh, that'll fight alongside with you, pray alongside with you, press along. Somebody ought to give him praise. Oh, somebody ought to love him all across this building. 
Come on, there's some areas the devil's trying to stop you from pressing and pushing. But you got to tell that you got to look at hell and say, whatever it takes, I'm gonna get a hold of what God is doing in my life. Whatever it takes, I'm gonna get into the kingdom. Amen. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep operating in the kingdom. I'm not gonna let the devil push me out. You know, there's something about there's something about gravity. Gravity is, you know, the reason you step on the scale after Thanksgiving and it goes up a couple numbers. It's just blame it on gravity. You don't weigh that on the moon, praise God. So don't forget the moon, praise God. There's something about, amen, gravity. It pushes on you. But the reason, the reason you are as tall as you are is because there's a pressure on the inside pushing out against the gravity. And I want to just tell somebody, this is why you need to be full of the Holy Ghost. Because you need, that, you need that, that spirit of Christ that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. You need it to quicken your mortal body. There's something about the, the pressure that's around. Amen. As much as you are trying to push into the kingdom, I want to tell you there's a demonic force. Amen. There's carnalities, your own flesh. Amen. That's trying to push you out of the kingdom. Amen. So there's that constant contact. Amen. But the reason, amen, that I'm not crushed on a little puddle is because there's more force on the inside of me pushing out against the gravity. And I come to preach to somebody that when you get filled, with the Holy Ghost and you build up your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost there's a pressure on the inside of you that pushes against and you might face opposition but brothers and sisters everybody that's going to get into this kingdom has got to learn how to press into it which means I've got to exert more force to get in than there's force trying to keep me out I've just come to preach to somebody. There's people here today. You've got you could give me every excuse in the book. Amen. My family's trying to keep me out of church. Amen. My job's trying to keep me out of church. There's all sorts of things trying to keep me out of my prayer life and out of my prayer closet. There's all sorts of distractions. Brother, what you're facing is gravity. What you're facing is pressure. But brother, there's got to be something on the inside that says, I'm going to press against it with more force than is pressing against me because I'm not just trying to press up against the kingdom. I'm not just trying to interact with the kingdom. I'm trying to press my way into the kingdom. If we're not careful, amen, we will, we will become fair-weather Christians. Well, as long as the weather's nice, as long as the, as long as the stars align, as long as, my, as long as the horoscope you shouldn't be reading says, well, praise God, Shake your magic eight ball. Go, am I going to church today? Seems likely. Okay. If that's the way you live, you become a fair weather, fair weather Christian, and you only wait for the perfect opportunity, and you miss the opportunity to press. Amen. There's something about that push. Amen. I want to tell you what it does. Amen. It develops things in you as a human. It develops things in you as a Christian. In fact, we are living in a generation that if things take effort, they stop. Don't let that be said of the church. Don't let that be said of your Christianity. When times got tough, you stopped pressing. I want to tell you, when times get tough, it's time to press more. Well, pastor, I'm going through a lot right now. I just don't think I can make it to prayer. Brother, if there's ever been a time for you to make it a prayer, it's right now when things get tough. If there's ever been a time to seek God, it's right now when you feel the pressure. Pressure should be an indicator. I need more God. Pressure should be an indicator that I'm getting closer to my target. I'm almost in. I'm almost there. Even when they launch, launch the shuttle out of earth, they have to exert more force 
because there is there's an atmosphere Amen. There's a barrier there. And you're going to have to break through those barriers. There's some folks saying, well, you don't know my childhood. You're going to have to break through some barriers. If you're going to get in the kingdom, well, you know, just the way my parents taught me, the way they raised me, the way I think. uh, Listen, I understand what you're saying, uh, but you're going to have to push through that. Uh, You're going to have to push through the way they taught you. You're going to have to push through the way. This is what Moses did. The Bible said there arose a day where he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Uh, I want to tell you, he was raised his whole life uh, to think like an Egyptian, talk like an Egyptian, walk like an Egyptian. He was trained his whole life, uh, amen, to be a certain way. But there came a moment in his life uh, where he pushed up against it and he pushed through it and he said, no, I'm not your son. I'm not going to be the way I was raised. I've come to preach to somebody. If you're going to get in the kingdom, you're going to have to push through some mindsets. If you're going to get, and I'm not just talking about salvation, the kingdom, amen, the salvation is the door. You get in the door, but there's a whole lot of other things in the kingdom. There's calling in the kingdom. If you're going to ever reach your calling in the kingdom, you can't do it by being passive. You're going to have to push. I'm preaching to somebody today, and I'm pushing right now because there's somebody God's called you, but you're sitting there going, I'll just wait on a perfect day. No, you're going to have to fight for it. You're going to have to pray for it. You're going to have to work for it. But, brother, don't just push up against it. Push in. Oh, let's stand all across the building. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Come on, let's magnify the Lord in this house. Come on, there's some folks, and I'm preaching those that you're pushing right now. You're pushing in the kingdom. You're trying to get all the way forward. You're trying to push your family forward. I've just come to preach to somebody. You keep on pushing. You keep doing whatever it takes. Praise God. You know, some miracles only happen when people were willing to do whatever it took. You know, there was, and the Bible even puts it this way. There were so many people that were, that were sick around Jesus. In fact, one of the most famous ones, blind Bartimaeus. He was surrounded by blind people. Has it ever bothered somebody why blind Bartimaeus, which we should just call him Bartimaeus at this point. Because he ain't blind no more. Has it ever bothered anybody else? Maybe it's just me. That nobody else that was blind got their sight. That has bothered me. And I know Brother Marks, he preached a phenomenal uh, concept on that. You got to be open to it. Amen. I believe that. I believe that. I believe that. But there was something about Bartimaeus. When, she, when he heard, let me just preach to somebody you can't see, but you can hear just fine. And your throat and your voice works great. Amen. You ought to use that. <laughs> He did not wait for Jesus to come to where he was. He shouted and said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. What is that? He was pressing into the kingdom. Amen. He was doing it with his voice. He was doing it with everything he could. And Jesus healed that man. I'm reminded of a woman that had an issue of blood for 12 years. And the Bible says there was such a crowd around Jesus. She couldn't get to where he was. But the Bible says she crawled and she pushed her way through the crowd. Then there's some folks, I wonder if they would have been healed if they would have followed her example. If they would, you know what, and there's some folks here today. In, in fact, here's some good news about the one with the issue of blood. She pushed her way through the crowd, touched the hem of his garment, and you read your Bible. Amen. There are 
There are crowds of people later on after that moment that follow Jesus just looking to touch the hem of his garment. In other words, what she made possible, they now saw it as an opportunity. She cleared away. I want to tell you, when you push your way into this kingdom, you are now clearing a path for your family to get in this kingdom. This is why the devil fights you so hard because he knows you're connected to a brother. You're connected to a sister. She pushed her way in and she got healed. I'm reminded of Zacchaeus who was too short to see Jesus. So he climbed up a tree. What is that? He was pushing his way just to get a glimpse of Jesus. I'm reminded of a man that was paralyzed and everybody surrounded the house and they couldn't get in the door. They couldn't get in the window. This is what Jesus is talking about. So they went on the roof and they started digging their way. I want to tell you what that is. That's forceful pressing into the kingdom. I wonder how many people would have been healed if they too would have said, I'm not, you know, sometimes we get, and understand me, we need to be polite. But you know, sometimes we're a little too polite. We think Jesus can only heal one of us at a time. Oh yeah, they're praying for brother so-and-so. Okay. Go ahead. I want to tell you, you can come to this altar and everybody can fill this altar. And he could heal every single person. But you got to be willing to press for it. Bartimaeus wasn't going, okay, Lord, I'll just wait in line for all the other blind people to get healed. No, he said, hey. I want to tell you what Jesus was attracted to. He was attracted to the one that said, I want want this so bad. And I I wonder here today, there's some people, in fact, everybody in this building, you've got something in your life that you need God to do. Everybody does. I know I do. But the question is, how bad do you want it? And are you willing in your spirit to press towards it? Because I know there's a lot of people that they'll do these big extravagant things, but sometimes pressing is just saying, you know what, I really need this, so I'm going to go to the altar, and I'm going to ask God, and I'm going to lift up my hands. And for somebody, that's actually a big press. Amen. Because that is them saying in their faith, they're stepping up and going, God, you know that this is tough for me. You know this is difficult. I haven't prayed about this. I haven't talked about this. But Lord, there's some areas I need you to heal me. And they begin to reach out to where Jesus is. And here's what's beautiful about pressing into the kingdom. That once you press in the kingdom, the, the kingdom, amen, reaches back out. When you touch Jesus, he, you, you also, amen, get Jesus touching you. And there's something about that connection that happens. Uh, amen, there's something about that faith that builds a bridge. Uh, that when you press into the kingdom, uh, amen, all of a sudden, all the blessings that are in the kingdom, start flowing back into your life but it happens when you begin to press would you lift up your hands I, I got a lot more I could say but I'm done right here there's some folks you are you are right at the edge of the kingdom Amen. I'm talking about salvation, but you have not made the decision to be baptized. You have not received the gift of the Holy Ghost. I want you to know that that is available to you today. You can, all you got to do is just say yes, and that is pressing into the kingdom. And there's some other folks, you are in the church. You have stepped in the kingdom, but you stopped at the front door, and you don't realize there's a whole lot more in this kingdom, and there's a calling, but you got to to just keep on pressing, uh, pressing past where you are, pressing past the level you've been at, uh, and you got to keep pressing into the kingdom. In fact, I want to open up this altar. What we're going to do today is we're going to come and pray. But today is going to be a day where we're going to push. And we're going to make it a, a declaration. God, whatever it takes. I, want to, I got a question. How bad do you want it? 
I tell you, there's some things in my life uh, that I, I would answer this way, whatever it takes, God. I want to tell you, there's some things in my family, amen, that I want to see God do, and I want Him to do it, and it doesn't matter what it takes from me, I want to see it done. There's some things in this city I want to see God do, and it doesn't matter whatever it takes, God, that's what I want. I want revival, I want growth, and I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I need some folks to join me in that prayer, amen, from John the Baptist until now, everyone that gets in this kingdom and makes their way in this kingdom and moves forward in this kingdom, they're going to be those that push forward. I've just come to preach to somebody. You got to push your way in. You got to press your way in. You can't wait for it to come to you. You got to push into it. Don't wait for the miracle. Push into the miracle. Pray into it. Study into it. Read into it. Come on, somebody, let's pray. Come on, right now. Right now, the devil's trying to tell somebody you got so much you're going to have to work through. You got so many things. But if you begin to start pressing into the kingdom, amen, I want to tell you, when you start pressing into it, God's going to help you. God's going to help you get beyond those things. Amen. God's going to pull you in. If you start pressing it, God's going to pull you in. Amen. Because he just wants to see somebody that's willing to get into it. Somebody's getting their answer right now, but they're getting it by pressing it.
your flesh stop you. Don't let the devil discourage you or tell you to turn back. No, you got to push through it. How do I do that? Pray through it. Pray through it. Worship through it. Seek God through it. Come on, that's it right now. Somebody's got the strength. You felt like giving up, but not today, devil. Come on, you almost had me, but not today. Not tomorrow. I'm willing to do it. Whatever it takes. you that it's not worth it. I want to tell you it's worth it, but you got to press through. Come on, you got to press through in Jesus' name.